Beast High. Hello, folks. It's Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 2, one minute at a time. I'm Condra. And I am Tyler. And today, we are talking about Minute 82 of High School Musical 2. Minute 82 starts out with Gabriella saying, she is done here. And ends with Gabriella saying, I'm sure you did at the time. I think that this minute is not as fun as the previous minute. I concur, but I wonder, I want to, I want to put a pin in why we ow, think that. Ow. Sorry, sorry, I just, I felt like a pinprick in my arm, sorry. Good. Because I want us to analyze whether or not it's because we think the male-female conflict, the emotional elements behind this male-female conflict, relationship-built conflict, is the reason why. And we think a catty female-female conflict is more interesting. I I think it's because we've gotten Gabriella and Troy drama for, like, the last... 150 minutes of High School Musical content that we've been doing, and we've gotten Gabriella and Sharpay drama for three of those minutes. Okay, that's fair. I'll give you that. But you're not wrong in in this interpretation of, like, overall, like, why is, like, women-on-women conflict propped up, like, so much? And, and like, why, why are we... Why do we do so much to pit women against each other when... Uh, when men are the real problem. <laughs> here, here. Um, so no, I, I take I take your um I take your comment as completely valid, but it's interesting too because like in this case it's not necessarily that we're like pitting Sharpay versus Gabriella in order to tear them both down. I think they were both elevated by the previous minutes argument, mm-hmm. um, and in terms of like getting to see both of them act really well and getting to see. Some emotional- I mean, especially Gabriella's emotions come to the forefront. Yeah, we get emotional depth from the both of them in different ways that we've seen before. Whereas, I want to talk about the last thing that Gabriella says to Sharpay real quick. But mm-hmm. um, whereas once Troy comes in, it just becomes like the same plot beats that we've been dealing with for the last 40 minutes of this movie that aren't particularly interesting. Yeah. Because of the way the movie's been written about like Troy's scholarship and like, him being a bad friend or whatever, like that stuff hasn't been set up to be like the dramatic moment that we want. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that has been set up really well is like Gabriella's burgeoning friendship with Ryan and Ryan becoming a, a wildcat sympathizer, <laughs> um, <laughs> which has been the more interesting stuff in this movie. Yeah, I, I can definitely get behind that too. It, it's still... And maybe we can finish the Gabriella Sharpay conflict before moving on to the Tri conflict and, and comparing the two. But Gabriella throws her hands up and says, I'm done here. <laughs> Which Troy interprets immediately after as she's quitting, but that's not who she would quit to. <laughs> well, effectively it is. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. So, yeah, so. I forget what Sharpay said directly before this, but Gabriella says to Sharpay something like, I hope you step away from the mirror long enough to check the damage that will always be right behind you. It's so good. Is it good, though? Is it? 
Does it make sense? It does, because (laughs) the aim of the sentiment is you're not paying attention to anyone around you. You're not realizing the chaos in your wake. Like, you walk by someone and chaos ensues. Okay, so I'm I'm trying to interpret this visual metaphor. So Sharpay is standing in front of a mirror, mm-hmm. but because she's so insistent on looking at herself, mm-hmm. the only thing she ever sees in the reflection is like her own face and her own appearance. Yeah, she's... turns out that behind her in the mirror, if she if she took a step back and let the background of her surroundings also take focus in the mirror, she would see the other things around her. But she only ever looks at herself in the mirror. She doesn't use the mirror as like a tool to reflect on the world. Yes. Yeah, there's no it's a, world. <laughs> it's a difficult visual metaphor. I you've 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 convinced you've helped me realize that it's not a bad one. No. But it's, it's complicated to come out of Gabriella's mouth in this moment and to be like a child who's like, what? Huh? What? <laughs> so and and maybe it's my library world thing. Um we use a series of metaphors called mirrors, windows and doors in the book world to... Um, uh, yes, I'm familiar with this. Okay, well, for those at home, that maybe you're not. Um, some, the goal of any book is to either be a mirror, a window, or a door. So a mirror, you see yourself and something that looks like you're, what you're familiar with in. A window, you look into another world um, that you're less familiar with. And a door, where you are invited to take place, take part in, in this other world. So you, you get to step through and really feel engrossed in it. And it was originally designed for diverse books. Um, the metaphor was originally designed for diverse books, but it can take any sort of book into consideration because you should be able to find things that connect both connect you with any experience, but then also recognize that every experience is different. So even if a book does reflect you, there's going to be differences that you can still learn from. Yeah, and the the strength of any like artistic endeavor would be to be able to experience something new while also learning about yourself in the process. Mm-hmm. And Gabriella is invoking that Sharpay doesn't do that. Yeah, Sharpay only cares about her self-betterment and... It's literally always at the expense of the people around her. I would even question whether it's betterment or just continuation of the status quo. Like, Whoa, 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 whoa. Indeed. She just wants to stick to it. Like, Sharpay doesn't necessarily like change. She likes being in charge. She likes things where she she knows exactly what's going to happen next. And... I don't think there's a betterment there. Like, she's not talking about college. Well, we don't see her talking about college or her future. She's focused on Troy's future, which would be, I guess, a betterment for her because it would elevate Troy's status if they were actually together in the way she thinks they are in her head. But <laughs> it it's still, she's not thinking in that way, or at least we don't see it. In a way that's like fascism or white supremacy, it's like Sharpay is used to this position at the top. And it's not like she's trying to make herself better, like on an internal way, but it's not a natural place for her to be because the world is is built in a in such a way that like equality may and probably should be the natural order of things. So having someone 
sit at a position on top is always going to require a continual effort to put other people down. Yes. And that is what Sharpay has to do. Definitely. And Sharpay likes doing it. She she feels fulfilled by it. So for Gabriella to strike back and say, no, what you're doing is not okay, is very jarring for Sharpay. And instead of taking the time to reflect upon it, she storms off with her posse trailing. Yeah, it does. It does at least stick out to me that Sharpay does actually seem to be hurt or affected by this comment. Yeah. In in the least, it's not like she dismisses it outright. Yeah, no, she's she is shaken by it and ends up having to to storm off maybe to maybe to reflect on it. We don't know, but not likely. Maybe maybe Sharpay just like didn't really understand the metaphor that Gabriella said and she had the, to go check a mirror to see if there was flames and hell like she, brimstone behind her. <laughs> she was like, I need to go unpack that with other people. Yeah. Hey, if it was like a therapist or a counselor or something, yeah, unpack that statement. No, un- but- no unpack like literally like oh. like like what I had to do was like, okay, so I'm looking in the mirror and <laughs> There's stuff behind me. I wait. So hold on. Let me just make sure I'm getting this right in my head. Yeah. Um, so as soon as Sharpay struts off with the Sharpettes in tow and the Sharpettes are all like holding these little mugs or their something. drinks that they were yeah. all their, their fruity drinks that they were all drinking before. And the first one's got Sharpay's too. So Sharpay is without not without a, a drink. And that's when Troy rushes in and says, "Like, hey, whoa, hey, done with what? Are you, you you can't quit. She can do whatever she wants." Yeah, and this is where the uh, argument changes to be about Troy and Gabriella's relationship, summer plans, and oh my god, like we said, we were gonna spend all this time together, but now you're busy wearing your Italian shoes and what is it with, with these Sharpay. stupid Italian shoes? He's not even wearing them. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think he ever used them to flex on anyone no. either. I think the movie would have made a point of showing the shoes if he had actually worn them. But we've not or, seen him wear them once. Or if they were particularly gaudy shoes, like if they were, like were they blue or something? They were just blue. They were just blue, blue shoes. All right, blue is kind of a weird color. So that's probably shoe. why he's not wearing them. If they're like if they're like leather shoes, like blue leather is not like a usual. Yeah. So Gabriella says, "You know what, Troy? Plans change and people change." Yeah. the The dramatics elevate here. It it very much the melodramatics. The elevate. melodramatics. There we go. The music even starts up. Yeah. And I didn't realize how quiet it had been until the music kicked in. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I get it. It's like it only serves to make this minute feel like the cliche TV trope version, mm. whereas the last minute felt more more real and visceral. I love Gabriella's call out to Troy that's like, apparently this talent show is important for your future. Whatever. <laughs> Great for you. Like, I love that confusion because I think everyone is equally confused why this talent show is so important for Troy. Yeah. And he does like he never wanted to sing with Sharpay. No. He's getting and roped she, into it. And she should know 
that, like, Gabriella, if they are as close as they said they were, should know that Troy does not like singing in public. He even had reservations about singing with his friends. He was like, yeah. I don't want to sing in the talent show. And if, yeah. if Taylor actually had watched his performance, she would have seen discomfort. No, but he was singing the romantic words to Sharpay that he was supposed to be singing to Gabriella. Actions and words are different. No, they should Condra. align, but... Yeah, overall, it's more of this like thing of like, okay, some of these things are Troy's fault. Some of these aren't Troy's fault. Some of these are like being played up for emotional reasons. And then we get back on this train of like, what about this movie is taking um, like teenage emotion and angst seriously? Mm-hmm. And what about it is like just playing with the same old like tired tropes and cliches that any TV show or TV movie would use. Yeah. there, And I mean, there definitely is some, like, the the confused jealousy of the girlfriend over hanging out with another girl, but Troy also feels that about Gabriella hanging out with Ryan. So, so there's that reciprocal... The, the, the lack of communication between the two of them, as we have said before, is frustrating. They've had like an actual sit down and been like, okay, let's talk about what's been going on lately. You tell me about you. I'll tell tell you about me. We won't judge for the first five minutes of each. Like, we'll each take five minutes to explain. (laughs) No judgment. Hear your side. Obviously, teenagers aren't going to do that. No. But But I want them to. Because Gabrielle and Troy have been depicted as more mature. From a writing perspective, it's weird that like the things that they choose to make this argument about are like the shoes and the talent show and the, the scholarship stuff, which yes, is part of it. But the, like the, the framing of the argument, like it's not about what the move, like what the emotions of the movie are about. And the framing of the argument also isn't about how they're not arguing about what they're really arguing about. So if any of that makes sense, like it's just, it's just like, why, like, why are we doing this again? Again? Like it's hard. Yeah. It is really hard because it's not a compelling argument as we've said, but at the same time, it does get to that, that teenage outlook of the world is about me in this moment and how it's, it's affecting me. me. And for Gabriella to have that kind of moment where she hasn't always had that is really nice actually to like show, yeah, she's a teenager too. So um, maybe let's harken back to this um, similar equivalent moment in the last movie where Troy had they had done this like camera trick where they like piped in Troy talking to the guys in the locker room about how he doesn't care about Gabriella and he wants to focus on basketball. Yeah. And then like Gabriella confronts him about it. And he, he says like, I was saying that to my team to, to get them on my side, but I didn't mean it. And she says like, it sounded like you meant it. Yeah. Um, so like she has a similar punch here where she's like, you become 
that like even if you're not like that now the more you act like it you'll become that she said it more eloquently than that but the sentiment (laughs) yeah it's she takes things quite literally a lot yeah which is kind of like pulled from this like half of a thread that we got earlier from taylor which is like the rules about boys like don't listen to their excuses like their actions show what Mm -hmm. they really mean and in this case troy's actions are he's gonna blow off a date he's gonna sort of be mean to his friends he's gonna care more about his scholarship than building meaningful relationships with his old friends which you know is something you can take at face value but also it's weird because Gabrielle, like, I and I feel like we've said this before, Gabriella could also just be happy for Troy that he's getting this opportunity and, like, bummed that they're missing out on some of their time to spend together, but, like, happy that this means he's going to, like, get something that he wants out of his life. Yeah. And in addition, like, Gabriella should, like... The way she has spoken, like, yeah, you go Wildcat. You you chase that, that basketball game. You chase that goal. And it's like she's not supporting. She, she's not continuing the support of, yeah, go get that scholarship. When they had been talking about how they weren't sure how, how college was going to pan out. So this, like, backtrack on her previous support is also a little confounding. I'm trying to remember from earlier in the movie when they were having those discussions and Troy being like, you know, I need to figure out what I want. And if I want to do this whole college basketball thing, if I want to just relax and enjoy my summer. And it feels like the movie like didn't keep that thread. Like the movie got so pulled up in the Sharpay antics and stuff that like it stopped being about like Troy figuring out his own agency in his life because his agency is so completely dominated by these other people in his life. Now, granted, I'm pretty sure that that's what the song bet on it is about, but um, it doesn't feel like we've gotten much of that thrust from his, him as a character. Like we, we've set, we've talked a lot about how Gabriella gets the shaft for it to be the Troy story, but the Troy story isn't anything either. Like, yeah, it's watch how Troy is, maneuvered into all of these different situations that he doesn't want to be in. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there is the type of movie about like, oh, the protagonist is a is a schmuck who like doesn't have any will over the, the world around them, but we follow them as a sort of like interesting case study of the cruelty or weirdness of the world that they exist in. But that's not Troy. Like, Troy is supposed to be, like, a, a, a protagonist. He's supposed to be, like, a Harry Potter type where you're, like, no matter who you are, you can identify with him. Yeah. I do want to pause us for a minute because we are definitely looking back, looking at this film in the lens of post-teenage dumb for the both of us. And <laughs> I... What do you mean? I'm still 18. I have to do this at work all the time. Like, part of, like, is, like, okay, how would a teenager think about this? And I wonder if this movie is actually hitting some points of, uh, everyone is saying what they want of me and I like getting pulled in all these directions and people not understanding what's really going on. Like that, that overwhelming nature of not quite getting everything, getting told to do everything and, and just 
not being able to to be honest with everyone. I mean, I don't know. Go watch Spider-Man 2. <laughs> I think there are some elements there, though, that do reflect a teenage experience that maybe because we are older and have have the ability to to analyze situations a little better than when your your brain is teenage goop because like the brain <laughs> like I don't think the people who like this movie are connecting to it on that level. No. But I think there's still something there to be said for like it does reflect that experience that a lot of like the you just don't understand me why is everyone telling me what to do all the time? Like those, those like tropes of teenage angst. It's not, they're tropes, not because they're overplayed in movies, but they're real experiences that nearly everyone feels. I, 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 I agree with you overall. I do, however, think that like, if the movie was about that, like, then we would be talking about it. (laughs) And it's just not. No, but I could see why a young person connects with the movie. Okay. Um, because yeah. because that that's ultimately like that's the goal of this movie is for to have young people connect with it, and it's like okay, they connect with it because they see characters feeling the same way they feel. I to- think that was the goal of the first movie. I think this movie is like, what if we had a bunch of songs and then there was like a plot thread that barely held it together? We'll, we'll, we'll continue exploring this plot. <laughs> I can't say much more, so. I, I, like, I want to agree with you so bad. <laughs> I, I also thought of the, the phrase, uh, I meant what I said and I said what I meant. Um, an elephant's honest 100%. Um, <laughs> or honor it might be um from from the Horton books by Dr. Seuss in in that Gabriella's like she meant she's like I meant what I said when I wanted to have a summer like like they're yeah, going back and, and forth about having this discussion of like did you mean what you said then and it's like I did and she's and then it's like well you don't I don't think you mean that now and it's like yeah, you but can't circumstances changed Gabriella yeah, yeah. <laughs> He got this scholarship opportunity. Like, that's not a little thing. You got to run with the ball when it comes to your feet. You got to, you got to sports metaphor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So that was a lot. Do you want to do a crossover? Yeah, let's run to our decom of the week segment. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we did end up getting some, some meat out of that discussion, which is just like, we've done it so many times. I feel like. Um, you're like oh this is gonna be a quick episode and then we spend 25 minutes talking about it (laughs) so for our decom of the week segment we're gonna pitch a crossover of two disney properties as if they were going to be put into a disney channel original movie or just like a tv special type thing um where disney is kind of flexing all of the intellectual properties that they own and combining them into one thing for a, like a very special event crossover. So Kondra, what is the intellectual property that you want to work with? Um, you're going to hate me, but I want to work with the Adventures of the Gummy Bears, um, which was a Disney Channel cartoon. It was one of the, f- it was the first animated production by Walt Disney Television in the mid 80s to early 90s. Okay, what year did this come out? Uh, 1985, it started. 
And it's based on just like the concept of gummy bears being a candy. No. So gummy bears are magical f- characters that have what's called gummy berry juice, which makes them bounce away from their foes. And they have a, a fraught relationship with humans um, who are wary of magic. It's very much like a fairy tale like magic kind of show. So it's like Care Bears. But like medieval dressed the concept of gummy bears the candy inspired the show like michael eisner was like like his son asked for gummy bears he's like that'd be a good tv show because that was michael eisner back then (sighs) stupid (laughs) um and so they like they live in this glen and it's mostly peaceful but every now and then like it's like fraggle rock i guess is a better better okay. al- allegory so there's a bunch of gummy bears and they they all live peacefully this- amongst themselves but there's conflict in the world that tries to encroach on their sort of peacefulness yes okay well i was thinking about the muppets but i figured <laughs> we'd zero in on um gonzo and pepe the king prawn yeah because it's 2007 and those were the characters that they'd insert into a random thing yep yep Okay, cool. Cool, so, cool, cool. Yeah, so we got, so, you know, maybe we can have a Kermit cameo at the very beginning, but we're really focusing on Gonzo and Pepe here. Yeah. How are they getting transported to the magical world of gummy bears? Hmm. I don't want it to turn into the Wizard of Oz, too, where, like, they just step through a door and it's like, oh, I'm now in another world. So, I- yeah, I mean, you often with a Gonzo thing, that things are, like, space-themed. So did they, like, land on a planet? That is the gummy bear planet. I mean, canonically, it's not like a planet planet, but like we could make it that like retcon that. Or or it could be like a weird planet of the apes type thing where like they got lost in space and they landed on what they thought was a different planet. But it's actually Earth that's turned into gummy bear (laughs) planet. Spoilers for Planet of the Apes, by the way. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it's the magic element that like. Gonzo stumbles into a magic shop because he like does magic sometimes. Yeah, he he does a variety of of show of non-standard show acts like all of the other Muppets are singers and dancers and Gonzo does stunts and he would do mentalism or like he yeah, he's he's the sort of more random of them. So, yes, he would go into a magic shop looking for whatever weird random trick he could do yeah almost almost like the harry potter borgen and burke's um vanishing cabinet Mm. and he like goes into the vanishing cabinet and when he comes out he's on a different plane of existence oh i have an idea maybe he's attracted to this like bubbling or this like weird vial in the corner and pepe is like this is dumb and takes the thing drinks it because when people drink gummy berry juice they get super strength and like pepe becomes the bulk like the buff pepe that you see like every (laughs) so often that's hilarious and pepe is like oh i need more of this and the the magic shop owner is all like follow the the trees until you hit that like does that mysticism magic shop nonsense and then and then the, the and then the owner's also like and also you owe me another vial of that so please bring some back (laughs) yeah yeah like that's the punchline yeah yeah 
And so they have to go quest and get it. And the gummy bear, like, they they end up getting there despite Pepe's reluctance. And Gonzo is overly enthusiastic about going to do this. And they, like, get there. You, you get, like, the map transition kind of thing, like the Muppets like to do. And they, they when they first get to Gummy Bear, like, Gummy Berry Land, they... Do they become animated? I was gonna throw that out there, like Muppet Babies style, because it's yeah, similarly I guess they would. Yeah, and that would be fun because you don't usually get Pepe in the anime. Like, no. Gonzo is a Muppet baby, but Pepe wasn't, so you get to like, oh, Pepe is two D animated for a little bit. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, um, and like they when they walk through the portal, like they get converted and like they're all weirded out. Gonzo's less weirded out, but Pepe's like, what happened to me? Kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. Yeah, and- exactly. You get you're one of them who is a a prawn out of water. And the other one who is, yeah, more vibing with the whole situation. I also like the idea of like Gonzo, it very much has like a Mickey Mouse effect where like, you know, like Mickey's ears always have to be facing forward. Like Gonzo's nose, like would always have to be facing sideways. Yeah. Because like front facing Gonzo would be too confusing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so they like stumble into gummy bear land and... At first, the gummy bears are very frightened of them, and then they explain the situation, and then it becomes that Mandalorian episode with the dragon, um, and they're like, well, to get our gummy berry juice, you have to help us do this thing, and... Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, yeah, it's every, like, Star Wars Western trope I was thinking about, because we recently did Castle in the Attic, which is, like, a similar thing. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm in this world, and oh, no, now I have to save this world. Yeah. yeah, and it's not that they have to save the world, but maybe, like, one of the characters got captured by the human princess in that world, and Pepe tries to, like, be all weird with the princess like he normally is. <laughs> you really wanted to say seduce. <laughs> no, because I'm not sure the age of the prince and princess in the gummy bear land, so I don't want to <laughs> go there. Um, but... He, you know, he like is excited by the prospect of a princess, and then like they get there, and he's like, "No." Yeah, and so yeah, so what weird thing does Gonzo do? Like, and maybe there's some sort of like self-aware, like, "Oh, because I'm two-dimensional, like I can lie down flat." Or, um... see, I was thinking whatever whatever he was picking up in the magic shop to begin with ends up being his weapon, and the the princess and their beast that they're fighting with whatever that may be for this is so taken aback by like i was thinking it'd be funny if it was like a little honking horn kind of thing like one of those like kind of horn. i thought that <laughs> I was would thinking be funny. it's just like a bag of beans or something okay yeah so like something really really basic maybe it's both um yeah he's got like his mouse tools yeah yeah and he like uses these magic shop items and they're so confused by them that they end up like giving back the the gummy bear to the clan and they they are able to escape through this how like come, how come in Mickey Mouse Clubhouse the mystery mouse tool is always like exactly the thing they need in that moment that's cuz Tootles is magic and is omniscient <laughs> like I mean, there probably is an episode of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse where they're like what about the mis- mystery mouse tool and then you're like yeah not very helpful. Oh well. <laughs> next, maybe next time. I don't time. think they would do that though for a kids show. But like, if it was like the SNL Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, <laughs> then it would be. 
Uh, well, I'm thinking Dora has the same thing. She'll like pull all her stuff out of her backpack, and one of the three things she pulls out is the exact thing they need. Like that's just a kid thing <laughs> for process of elimination. Like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so they they rescue the they rescue the gummy bear people from the evil humans. Yep. And they get the vial, and they they have they like saunter back home and present the magic shop guy the the vial of gummy berry juice maybe they had to use a vial like in the in the berry world also to like like gonzo had to take it too because like you need to you need both characters to take it at some point yeah that is true um so gonzo takes it at some point in the in the berry world and then they go oh thank you and then they give them two to take home so that they can give one to the magic shop owner and pepe can keep one for himself in case (laughs) <laughs> wink yeah i think that'd be a fun tv special be like 40 minutes <laughs> yeah once we said once we did like the the mouse tool like oh these are like random magic things that we're gonna use then yeah that kind of like makes gives it a very like simple straightforward like okay we're gonna go from x to y to z but maybe like at the beginning when you see gonzo picking out these things you're like what the heck is he gonna be yes, doing exactly yeah ex- and that's the that's the gonzo energy that we need yeah, yeah. You're like, what act is this for where he needs an air, like a little honking horn, a bag of beans, and like... And a a harmonica that doesn't work. Yeah, like... (laughs) But you find out in Gummy Bear Land, the harmonica does work and it makes this really high-pitched noise that freaks out the animal. And then they use the beans to like flip it. Like they, they like scatter the beans and they do that slippy thing that an- animation does where it's like whoop, 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 and they fall. Wait, what do the beans do in animation? <sighs> I knew the second I started making sound effect noises with my mouth, this is going to be sad. <laughs> and for that, I'm going to let you just listen to it when you edit it again, Tyler. I'm going to re-edit it in there. Whoop, 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 whoop. I think this is, I mean, it was better than Chicken Little and... <laughs> <laughs> That was doomed from the start, though. Yeah, that was was a cursed episode. Where can people find us on the internet, Condra? They can find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Or me personally at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-A-R-B-O-U-D-Y. You can send us an email to AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know what your favorite gummy bear flavor is. Mm. The white ones? No. I think mine's like the yellow one right now. Sometimes I do the orange ones, though. I, I eat a lot of gummy bears. I when know, I was in my I grad program, I would buy the three-pound bag for, for finals week, and I would eat the whole thing by myself. Um, it was a problem. I still have that problem, but was it's not Was the as Disney bad. show, like, sponsored by Haribo, or no, is, like, no, gummy bears a... just a generic thing that anyone can make? Yeah, yeah. And they they looked like Care Bears a little bit, but um, but not... They were round like Care Bears, but they were not. They were clothed, which was nice. Beautiful. Yeah. Special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at T Golden Art on Instagram. And our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at joewinslowmusic.com. I have been Condra. And I've been Tyler, and we'll see next time if Troy ever gets to work on his scholarship thing or if he's going to go sing a song about it. You can bet on it. Whoop, 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 whoop.